What's up, guys? It's your girl, Shara, once again, and welcome to another episode of Style with Shara. Now, if this is your very first time listening and you have, like, no clue who you're listening to, (laughs) um, let me introduce myself. I'm Shara, and I am a personal and editorial style consultant, blogger, and podcast host, and I absolutely love to really just help individuals reflect the best and most creative versions of themselves um, through style of dress. So if you're in the DMV or New York City area and you're looking for a bomb stylist, you can check out my work and contact me at sharagreenstyling.com. And if you're not in those areas, but you would still love just a different perspective and some guidance on your outfit ideas or just your wardrobe as a whole, you can hit that same exact link in the episode notes. Now let's get to this week's episode. Okay, so last week got kind of deep, <laughs> um, and this week I plan for us to basically get kind of deep again, um, but just on a different a different subject matter. So I wanted to switch gears a little bit this week because I know like last week was more so just about lifestyle and mindsets when it comes to our intuition and trusting ourselves. And by the way, y'all, I got so much positive feedback on season two's first episode last week. Um, I had people texting me and just leaving me comments on IG telling me how much they enjoyed it. Um, And I even had a future guest who I'm going to be bringing to the show. She tagged me on her story saying how everyone should listen. And I was just like, oh, like that really meant a lot Um, just because last week, I really was just bearing my true self in that episode and just being honest on both where I was not too long ago and where I am right now, both on a professional and a personal level. So, you know, if if me being myself and just sharing some of my personal challenges and just my experiences helps out a few, then that's what's up. Yeah, so Shatira definitely showed love and shared the episode on her social media, just saying how everyone should listen. And I'm actually really excited about bringing her onto the show this season. So for those of you who don't know, and if you're from Baltimore, you might have heard of her or at least seen her shoes at some point on your timeline. Or you may know a girl who probably owns a pair of her shoes. But Shatira is the founder and CEO of Shatira Monroe Collection. And I have been following Shatira for like some time now, for like a long time. Like I think since we both have been in high school, we were following each other. Um, I do remember like I just started following her because I thought she was like hella pretty. (laughs) Um, And like I really thought she could dress. And plus we're from the same city. So we had like a bunch of mutual followers. But when she launched her shoe line, I thought it was really dope and unique. And it kind of caught my attention because like... In this time, like everybody's starting up a clothing boutique and everyone's trying to do these quick startups on Instagram. And I could see her branding was totally different. And she decided to start her fashion brand off with a line of footwear and luxury footwear at that. Like that takes a lot of, what word could I use? 
not just like brand development, but it also takes like a certain level of vision and a certain level of patience, really, to just be able to take the time to develop something to the point that people are actually willing to invest it, invest in it um, on a different level than they would on their everyday clothing. Um, and for someone to take on that challenge who's just really coming on the scene, like, I just thought that was dope. So I admire her vision, and I can't wait to have her on the show. And I actually already interviewed her for the Walking Art blog, which is my style blog. And that was a really dope interview. Both of us um, really enjoyed that experience. So I'll put the link to our first interview in the episode notes for those of you who want to check it out to get to know more about her and her brand. But when she comes to the show, we're going to cover like a lot more than we covered in her interview on the blog. So make sure y'all stay tuned to the season so you can hear her episode, which will be coming very soon. Um, And... Actually, you know what, Shatira, she basically fits right along with today's topic because this week's episode was actually inspired by um, a blog post that I did a while back on just Black-owned brands in fashion when it comes to the whole luxury market. And I know I talked about Black people's influence and like our contributions to fashion on the podcast before. Like I don't remember which episode, but I know I talked about it last season on one of the episodes. Um, But I didn't really touch on our place as it relates to quote unquote luxury. So the original post that I wrote, it's kind of funny how it like it randomly received like a bunch of clicks on my site recently. Like it was one of the top articles for like, I want to say like four weeks straight. And that was kind of random because I hadn't even really been promoting it for a while. Um, But it was a bomb article, if I do say so myself. So maybe that was the reason, who knows. But um, I got inspired to write it because a while back, I think in February, around like Fashion Week, I was watching this interview on Fashion Bomb TV, which is like the YouTube video section of my favorite blog. And I'm sure it's a fave for a lot of y'all to Fashion Bomb Daily. And I talked about it last season, how much I love me some Claire Somers, who is the founder of Fashion Bomb Daily. So I'm not going to talk your head off about her today, but just know like she's like beyond just an inspiration to me. Like she's the blueprint, like she's my hove, she's my Jay-Z. Um, <laughs> so I had the pleasure of meeting her and connecting with her last year during Fashion Week for September. Um, I attended a runway show she was hosting and ever since then like my admiration for her has grown so much even more she's really cool and down to earth in person a lot of people say that about public figures when they meet them but like she's really chill and laid back and she kind of reminds me of me in that way Um, so yeah she does interviews for her site and she was interviewing Milan the CEO of Milano de Rouge which I'm sure a lot of y'all are familiar with the brand by now because it's actually really picked up steam over, I want to say, like probably like over the last nine months to a year. Like it's starting to become basically the luxury streetwear brand of choice for like a lot of celebrities like Tiana Taylor wears them. Um, Who else? Cardi wears them. Um, You can definitely always catch Meek Mill wearing Milano (laughs) and at one point, I think because like he was wearing it so much and he still does wear it a lot. Um, and he was really showing Milan support and he still does. And it was this cute picture of them on IG. So I think like people were starting to think they were a thing, which to me, if it is a thing, I personally think it would be a good look because Milan is gorgeous and 
she's just successful in her own right. So to me, that would be a good look. And she has a lot going for herself. But I don't know. Who knows? Maybe he just, I don't know. Maybe he just really rocks with the brand, especially with both of them being from Philly. Like it really could just be that he just likes to see someone else winning that's from where he's from. Um, Because I know that's how I am. But Anyway, so Milano de Rouge, the name of the brand, basically it stands for making dreams reality. And in the interview, Milan was talking about just her journey on making her own dreams reality and how when she first dropped her first $500 sweatsuit, she received like all this hate and like all this negativity about it. And people were calling her a fraud and saying, like, you know, who does this girl think she is to have a $500 sweatsuit? Like, she's not Gucci. And hearing it now, like, now that I think about it, like, hearing it now is kind of ironic that they use that particular brand to compare her to, like, as Black people. Um, And it's interesting for several reasons, but we can get into that later. But she goes on in the interview basically just talking about how she was like, no, I'm going to prove to y'all why this... Um, sweatsuit should be $500. And she was just talking about how basically receiving all this negativity from her own people, black people, is really just kind of what ended up propelling her business because a lot of people said that's how they first even heard about her, um, was through people hating on her. And so she talks about that um, and she talks about just how that completely motivated her to just go even harder. Um, So yeah, so... But when I watched the interview, like, and just hearing that and seeing the tweets, because they showed the tweets of, like, everything that people were saying about it, and it just really had me perplexed, (laughs) and that's what made me want to write the article in the first place, because it really just had me starting to think about just the psychology that goes behind people deciding what's quote-unquote worth $500 and what's not, and like Milan said in the interview, as Black people... A lot of times we don't understand our value. And I totally agree with her on that because, you know, it's no secret that right now black culture is a lot more popular than black people are. You know, people are paying good money to attain our features, whether it be surgically, they want to rock our hairstyles, they want to listen to our music, you know, they want to do all these things that make them feel as close as being black as possible without having to have that actual real everyday experience of being black in this country. Um, well, really in this world. And without, you know, they, they don't want to deal with all the ugly experiences that come with being black in America. And a lot of times they don't even want to stand with us during those experiences, but they want to feel as close to black culture as possible. Um, and at this point, this is something that's very much common knowledge. Like, this is something at this point that we kind of all know is a thing. And I think as black people, we like to bring it up and we like to use it to either, we'll either use it to vent about how, how like unfair it is that people want to be like us without the actual struggles of being us. Um, and that complaint in itself is actually very valid and true. But we'll also sometimes use it to kind of brag that other people want to be like us and talk about how viable we are, which is also true. We are very valuable. But then what gets me sometimes is how, like, when a Black person actually tries to assert that importance and that value and actually just, like, 
cash in on that self-proclaimed value that we love to talk about so much within our community um it's like all right y'all we you know we talk about how we're a powerful group of people we say we can do anything so i'm gonna take this leap of faith and try to help push us forward you know whether that be through in this case for milano is launching a luxury brand or um you know just in my case a lot of times it would just be something as giving you a price quote for for like our services which is something that i experienced um or whatever the case may be that's when it seems like all of that talk about like how powerful we are goes out the window and all of a sudden it's just back to that poverty mindset of who do you think you are you bugging if you think i'm paying that much for your little clothing line all that kind of stuff and just y'all by the way i hate 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 the word little like (laughs) anybody who knows me knows like I hate the word little when you're talking about something to somebody that they really care about um, and something that they're really putting their all into, like little clothing line or little mixtape. I don't care what it is. Like say that word to me when we talking about something that I love. And that's probably going to be like our last time talking because I just find it really condescending. Like that word really triggers me. Um, but yeah, it's like a lot of times we as black people, we like to use our culture's popularity as a badge of honor until it's time to really invest and really support amongst, you know, bring support amongst ourselves. And as a stylist, that's been one of the hardest things to see play out because for me, one of my main goals as a stylist is to have more black owned brands in my clients' closets. But at the same time, like right now, most of the clientele I've either worked with or even just had even brief style consultations with, they're either middle class to upper middle class, or if they do have like that solid budget to spend on luxury items, um, they're just so used to the status quo that they don't really want to go outside the norm and try out a black owned luxury brand that I may suggest. And so, of course, when I started experiencing this with clients, I wanted to really like find out why, because it was just like, I don't know. Like people talk about, oh, black brands matter and all this, but this was just kind of like getting to me because I would really be suggesting and it would be like, oh, no, like she doing too much for that $200 jacket. And I I know quality, so I would know it was a great jacket. It's a great piece to invest in. So I just kind of wanted to basically like dig deeper and see why that's the way that we think or the way that we look at things. And really the more I thought about it, the more I was able to kind of, just kind of look at it from a couple of different perspectives. So like on one hand, when you think about like, okay, so what does luxury even mean by definition? So it's literally defined as the state of great comfort and extravagant living. So when you really think about like our history as a people in this country and how we really were sabotaged in just about every way, um, historically from being able to have lifestyles that were decent, let alone anything extravagant, you know, just what everything in our history from being enslaved to being abused and, um, like mentally manipulated and being segregated and being denied opportunities to get ahead. And even just to have a chance to have, to live a certain type of life. Then of course, from that standpoint, like it kind of, it makes sense because, you know, um, all of that trauma will start to have a certain type of effect on everything. And that's including, you know, our shopping choices. And a lot of our dependence on these mainstream luxury fashion houses can often stem from, I think, like a need to feel validated or associated with the majority or the race who was thought to be superior. And again, this is something that's been addressed before in our community. But like, I feel like, 
despite how far we've come or how far we feel like we've come as a people and just as a culture, and even like despite the fact that a lot of us love to talk about how popping we are and how everyone is trying to emulate us, I feel like a good amount of us are still really making decisions based on those generational scars and those voids that we haven't fully filled. Um, And this, again, affects everything, including our buying experience. So a lot of us are still making those shopping choices based on our historical oppressor and thinking like, okay, this is what they're buying. I want to shop where they shop because it'll show the world that I'm important and I'm valuable just like them. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with shopping mainstream luxury goods. Like if you're a fan of a certain brand, um, that's all well and good. Like I always tell people, I feel like when I get to a certain place where I can just splurge like every other day on what I want, Fendi is probably going to be my weakness because like I've always had a thing for Fendi. Like even as a little girl, um, just looking at their prints and magazines and their bags and shoes. So like that's my traditional luxury brand of choice. And I feel like we all have one. Um, but I feel like when the idea that luxury and premium quality is something we feel like we can never get from our own people, that's when it becomes a problem. And I feel like that's when that certain mindset um, becomes really toxic on so many levels. And it's a part of what keeps us stagnant as a people beyond just in fashion, but just in business, period. At this point, I really feel like the only true way to really move beyond that is just for us to start redefining the idea of what luxury means to us within our community. And to be honest, it's really no better time to do that than right now when like so many of these luxury labels are really just giving us a reason <laughs> to shop elsewhere. Um, like with these blatantly racist release that they insist on coming out with. And like, I can't even say it's discreet anymore because like there's nothing discreet about blackface. And a couple of people asked me like my opinion on it. And I mean, you know, of course the obvious answer is like, duh, I'm offended by it. And the conversation that I feel like has been going on surrounding it, like a lot of people are going back and forth like, oh, well, do you think it was really intentional? Like, do you think it was something they're doing on purpose? And I don't know, maybe it's just me, but like in my mind, it's like, how could it not be intentional? Like, like just because like the racist references that a lot of these brands have made are like very much so common knowledge. So like, I don't see how someone could slip, like that could slip someone's mind. But I don't know. I guess maybe when you live in a world where from your perspective, you can afford to forget that certain things happen, I guess it could be easy to say that, you know, and just say that that reference just slipped your mind when you decide, designed it and developed it and conceptualized it and styled it for a runway show. Like all of these like intentional steps that have to be made before the public even sees a collection or a product. But yet, like it never once occurred that maybe, you know, that particular product could be taken the wrong way. And it just slipped your mind. I don't know. That was just... I don't know. I don't see how that could slip your mind that that's something that someone could be offended by. Like, I don't know. I guess that's a luxury in itself (laughs) to be able to forget that something you design is extremely racially offensive. But I don't live in that world where my history is something I could that could just slip my mind. So I don't know. Must be nice. Um, But and I just also think it's funny how and like this, what I'm about to say is like not a judgment, really. This is just something I was thinking about the other day. Um, and my uncle asked me about it yesterday, too. 
And I just think, <laughs> I just think human nature is really funny sometimes because it seems like everybody is slowly but surely starting to like put back on their belts and their bags. It's like waiting to see if anyone is about to call them out on it or if it's just about to be cool. Like <laughs> it's just interesting to me, like how certain things can die down after time. Like people will be really outraged and then it'll die down and nobody really says anything. And I'll be honest, it's hard these days to know, like, with these fashion labels, like, whether you're sleeping with the enemy or not, because it seems like, you know, every time you turn around, something something is going on and, like, one of the labels are doing something that's just real sus. And not even just sus, but just blatant at this point. So I can't even really blame some of y'all because, granted, like, it's certain brands that it's like, okay, we know they off limits. Like, right now, we know we're not wearing them. But the rest of them, it's like, okay, sis, which one is not racist again? Because at this point, it's hard to keep up at this point. But, like, I don't know, certain brands, it was like, I could have sworn we all were on the same page with them being quote unquote canceled. But now it's months later and it's almost like it never happened, which is interesting. Like, it's funny, but it's not funny at the same time. Okay, so, side note. So, I know I wasn't the only one who peeped, like, when Meg dropped Fever, which was, like, her album-quality mixtape that basically started the whole Hot Girl Summer movement. And on one of her main singles, Cash Shit, she had a Gucci reference. Actually, she had two songs. She had two Gucci references on, like, two different songs. So it was one on Realer, and then she said it again (laughs) on Cash Shit. And I love me some Meg, so I remember hearing it when the project, like, first dropped and kind of being like, oh, sis, that was, like, the worst, like, it was just, like, the worst timing for that reference to actually, like, be said. So it was just, like, because it was around that time where people were still very upset with Gucci, and now today everybody kind of just starting to slip them belts back on, like, it never happened, but... I just remember hearing that and hoping like nobody tried to come for her over it because I knew she had been working on the project for like like a good amount of months before that situation with Gucci even happened. So I was just hoping like people didn't try to come for her and like cancel my good sis over that because I would have had to protest like, now nah, we got to give sis a pass. Like she recorded that before the situation even happened, like months before. But she threw us a Dapper Dan reference in there, too. So that kind of made it, like, a lot better in my book. And I was like, she good to go. I just had to point that out for a second. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, so just going back to um, redefining luxury fashion and really just doing things in a way that where we can, like, comfortably think of Black-owned brands being in that space. Because, like I said, one of the things I'm, like, really passionate about and want to be intentional about this year is really putting my clients and more brands that celebrate them and not just like when it's convenient like you have a lot of brands out here using black models now in their campaigns and you know just trying to get I guess go out of their natural way of doing things to really push this idea of representation and that's great but a lot of them are really just doing it so they won't get called out on it and they're just they're just adapting to the market, you know. Business is business, and representation is in now, um, and that's all well and good. Like the real reason why sometimes it just it seems like so many companies are kind of being inauthentic with it, and it's kind of coming off as forced, is because like they didn't intend for black people to wear their clothes in the first place. So you know that basically that's that on that. That explains that. Um, 
But then on the opposite end of that, like, it's designers out here who see Black people as their muse. Like, everything they create, they create with us in mind. And to me, that's just something that's really worth paying more attention to and really worth investing in. Like, just for example, so going back to my favorite show right now, Styling Hollywood on Netflix. So they filmed around the time, like, during the height of the whole Gucci fiasco. And Jason Bolden, the stylist, he was in like the middle of his peak red carpet season. So he was styling all these clients and he wanted to lace his clients in designer. But during that time, it was like just kind of awkward. And so he wanted to be very strategic about who he was putting his clients in because there was all this drama about, you know, basically just these luxury fashion houses being really disrespectful. So he reached out to one of his friends, Charles Harbison, who is this really passionate, just this really dope technical designer. And he's dressed Beyonce, Michelle Obama. Like, I actually just found out about him, like, honestly, probably about a month or two ago. I don't know why I'm just finding out about him. Um, but I was happy to see him on the show um, just because he has, like, dope energy. Like, he's always, he seemed like he's just always re- willing to, like, take on a challenge. Um, even when when Jason was, like, inviting him to collab with him, like, he could tell, he said yes, like, right offhand, like, before he even knew what the whole project was. And I just love people who are just hungry like that. Um, so, yeah, him and Jason basically just collaborated and created, like, this dream dress for Jason's client, um, director of When They See Us, Ava DuVernay. And she she's directed a bunch of stuff, a bunch of, like, award-winning stuff, um, like, a whole list. And so... I thought this collab was just really dope because Jason, like, he took this really negative situation and I just saw him on the show. He was really just trying to figure out, like, how can I spin this and make this, um, turn this into a positive. And this wasn't the first time that he did this. Like, he basically did the same thing with his client, Janet Mock, where he put her on to a luxury designer of the new generation, um, Virgil Abloh of Off-White. And so for that one, I believe like he had a vision, like as soon as he saw what the occasion was, he had this vision for this off-white gown in which like, I didn't even know that off-white sold gowns, like that they had gowns. I knew they had dresses, like mini dresses and stuff like that I might've seen, but this was like a full-on like gown with tool and which is like, you know, unexpected coming from a streetwear brand. But he had this vision for Janet and he pitched it to her and that's exactly what she ended up going with. So he took another opportunity just to put someone with heavy influence like Janet Mock onto a newer um, perspective of luxury fashion. And that's really just what I want to see more of. Like that's that really excites me. Like I want to see more scenarios where our first choice is a black owned luxury label and not just our backup plan because... I don't know, whatever brand this week decided to play us and just really release some some more disrespectful product. Um, and it's not even that I want to see this just because everything is black and white, because it's definitely not. But it's really just because of the simple fact that like a lot, like a, a solid amount of these black luxury brands are hungry because they don't have that safety net or that longevity or even just that skin in the game that a lot of our traditional luxury brands do have. And they don't have that cult following that so many of these luxury fashion houses have been able to curate. One, because the traditional 
houses, they have the proper funding to market on a larger scale. And then two, because they've basically been around since like the beginning of time, you know, <laughs> like not literally, but like a lot of them have really been around since like the 1930s and 40s. So like even as a lot of the creative directors and the founders of these brands have either retired or passed on, they still have that multi-generational influence. You know, but for a lot of these independent, newer luxury fashion labels, they lack that advantage. And so really, as a result, they just hungry. Like when I tell you the creativity I've been seeing, even like I want to say between last fashion week, well, September 2018 and February, like the stuff that I was seeing was crazy. Like the creativity is unmatched. They're coming up with designs and techniques that like are so unique and their marketing is on point, you know, they're marketing in a way that is actually telling a story and creating a subculture within themselves and not just like buy the skirt for $39.99 with a bunch of Google images. Like everything from the quality of materials that a lot of these brands are starting to use and their vision for their brand, like you can really tell the difference. And for me, just when a company is working hard to deliver in all of those areas, that's that's what excellence is to me. That's what black excellence is for me. And, you know, I just feel like, how can I not give these people their props? So, you know, that's those are the brands that I feel like we should be giving them more support because a lot of these startups, you know, like I said, they don't have that large budget like Burberry to grab that billboard ad or that Vogue September issue ad placement. So it's going to be us that's carrying that support on our backs, like both literally and figuratively, really. And just as a stylist, like, I'm always looking for new brands. I'm always on the hunt. Not just, you know, for me to put my clients in and for editorials, but for me too. Like, I'm, I'm always shopping. I'm always trying to um, keep my eye out for whatever that new brand is that's emerging is um, coming. So I'll even do days where, like, I'll spend the whole day either online or, you know, shopping around the city just looking for new spots and just trying to come across something new. I'm always looking for a new perspective. And that's usually when I come across like my favorite go-to brands. And so of course, I'm not going to talk about black owned luxury brands without sharing some of my current faves with y'all. So I'll go over like my top three right now. And these are in like no particular order. And these are not ads either. So like none of these brands paid me to shout them out. Um, These are brands that I actually do genuinely either have my own shopping experience with or I've recommended them to a client and they had a really good experience with them. So starting with Andrea Iyama. So I first found out about Andrea Iyama when I was going to Mexico for my 21st birthday. And I think I was swimsuit shopping first and I was looking for something like really different. Like I just wanted something that had a really vibrant color or print, but also that I could still wear next year and that had like really good quality. And that's when I came across Andrea. I want to say I first saw them on my Explore page on Instagram. And from there, like I just like fell in love. So I think as of now, the brand has expanded from just swimwear to like complete ready-to-wear collections so if you're looking for quality textured pieces like ruffles and pleats and just vibrant colors and prints Andrea Ayama is definitely a brand that I would recommend okay so next I want to shout out India Monet so y'all India Monet is like perfect for that I want to say like that Amory feel like when Amory first came out and she was very like 
boho chic, like simple, but just always had like that punch of like bohemian style. So basically like everything I like to wear when it's hot out. Um, I found out about India Monet on Fashion Bomb Daily, of course, on their Fashion Bomb Daily shop, actually. They have like a like an online marketplace in their site where they house and resell different brands to grow their awareness. And see, India Monet is one of the brands I was talking about when I say like they gave they give bomb marketing and storytelling like through the product images. They literally like paint you a picture for the type of lifestyle surrounding the girl that they're designing for. And they almost like make you wish you lived on like an island through their images because everything always looks so pretty and effortless and just all around like vacay vibes. Um, they actually have this gorgeous denim beaded jacket that's been like sitting in my cart for like the past couple months now. Like I need to stop playing before it's sold out because I don't even think they really do restocks that often. But yeah, if you're into like boho chic and like that Lynn Searcy meets A. Marie type of vibe, um, Lynn from like Girlfriends. <laughs> um, yeah, if you're into like that just like, but like a, a luxurious version of boho chic, then I would definitely check out India Monet. And last, but certainly not least, you know, I always got to shout out one of my favorite designers ever, Mr. Laquan Smith. And I've been following Laquan since like the beginning when he first started doing showcases for his collections. And it's just so crazy watching his growth because I remember when I couldn't even find like anyone except Fashion Bomb Daily and really my blog <laughs> um, that would be doing collection reviews for his line. And I would be like searching all over the internet for hours just trying to find photos of his collection just to post because a, a couple of years ago, he was like so slept on and I just wanted more people to know about him and to feel the way I feel about him that I do. Um, and just be inspired by his work the way that I was. And now to see him just finally getting at least half of the credit that he deserves and just seeing all these major media outlets, which is crazy. When I tell y'all, like, nobody was covering this man, and I would be like, he has the best collection collection of the season. Like, why is nobody covering him? And it's so crazy how quickly things can change. And ever since he's had, you know, certain clients like Beyonce and um, I think some of the Kardashians as well have warned him, like... It's crazy how it just it just goes to show you how important it is to stay consistent, even when they sleep. So Laquan, in my eyes, is definitely like one of the best fashion designers of our time because he really knows how to take women just to a whole new world with every different like with every collection of something different. And he really provides us with like that perfect balance between sexy, edgy and classy. And he just constantly nails it. So. Those are three of my faves right now, and I'll make sure to put the links in the episode notes for those of you who want to check them out. And actually, what I think I'm going to end up doing is probably just put together another list because um, I put together a list of black owned brands before, but I'll make this one like specifically luxury labels and I'll make it like a, a good length, just like maybe do like 10 of them because I think I did a short one a few months ago. And so I'll just do that. And I'll probably release it this Thursday since I'm on the subject. I might as well for this week. Um, so if you want to receive that and you're not subscribed to my actual website already, I'll put that link for you guys to subscribe. Um, now, I will say this. 
If you want to support any of these black luxury labels I just named, I feel like we got to make sure to keep that same energy that we would when it comes to Louis Vuitton. And when I say this, I mean, like, if you're ordering a custom piece, because I know India Monet has custom pieces, um, so something that's made or even just something that's made to order, like, give it some time, relax, have some patience with some of these brands, because a lot of these brands, like myself, you know, I don't sell product, I have a service, but a lot of these brands that sell products, they are running like a one woman or a one man show. So they're playing different, like several different roles in their businesses to get this product to you. So, you know, just like relax and like give it some time. Because I feel like sometimes we carry black owned businesses in a way that we wouldn't carry another business. And, you know, I could speak firsthand on how frustrating it is as a stylist who offers a luxury service to have people try to carry you like you're nothing um, a lot of times. And people will complain and pick a brand or a business owner apart when it comes to their price points, but then splurge on other well-known brands without a second thought and be willing to wait forever in a day to get their product. But then when it comes to having patience with another business, we threaten to ruin new designers' reputations with bad reviews, like report them to Better Business Bureau. Like that's that one that like gets me like that would be, I remember um, like a couple years ago, I was working as a sales manager at a luxury boutique and whenever I would do something or the owner, I worked directly with the owner of the boutique. So he was actually working with me every day at the time. And I remember like every time we would, something would just be inconvenient for them. They'd be like, I'm calling BBB on you. Like, that's like the thing I guess that people feel like is the secret weapon since, you know, entrepreneurs, they work for themselves that they feel like, oh, I'm telling Better Business Bureau. Like, that's just so funny to me. Like, I don't know why that's people's favorite line, but that's like their go-to when they don't get their way. Um, but yeah, like when we deal with a well like a well-known company, we tend to kind of like grin and bear it a little bit more. And so all I'm asking is just keep that same energy. Like if you're not going to report Gucci, don't report the young woman. That's basically a one-woman show. And that's just playing just about every role in her business. You know, give her a break sometimes. Now, with that being said, if somebody's trying to scam you out your money, do what you got to do. <laughs> because I know as much as there are brands that are for us, it's someone's out here that be trying to get you. Um, and I've had my own experiences with that. Like either that or some of them will just have like this really lazy, really arrogant way of handling business. Like they'll make a post on IG with a caption like, oh, I built this brand from the ground up. I'm killing it. I do this. What's a nine to five? You could never. Your mother could never. Like, And it's like, that's that's cute in cases. Like that's real cute and all. But um, I just want an email response with my tracking info to my order that I ordered about two months ago. Like, that's really annoying. I just don't, I hate to see, you know, people come up and forget about the people that do support them and that did help them get to where they are. And just like laziness is a part of that. And just like that lack of communication, like communication to me is like the basis of great customer service when it comes to really any business. So 
I'm not saying let these people scam you out your money because I know some of them, I just, I personally don't even like the way some of them be carrying me. And unfortunately, it makes like, it gives the rest of them a bad rep because people just automatically assume that all of them are like that when they're not. So um, I try to, you know, still put that aside and support, but I have had to get, you know, like, just get out of character with some brands that really was playing with my money. So I understand, you know, both sides, but um, all all of the brands are not like that. All of the Black-owned brands are not like that. It's some out here that really do have great product, great customer service, great marketing, like all of the above. So one way I would say that we can kind of help, I guess you could say, just to like do our part. Um, what I started doing is instead of just like going off on social media like I used to in the past and just trying to ruin a brand's reputation, I started emailing them like, look, you have amazing product. I would love to order from you more, but unfortunately on my last order, it took so long. And on top of that, I got like no communication, no tracking info. Like it took so long and um, I was really in the dark as to where my product went. And if this was something that I didn't have to deal with, I would definitely spend my coin with you more often. And I know this sounds like a lot of work, just like a lot of extra steps. And really, it's just so tempting to just really just blow their page up, like when you don't get your stuff on time. But what I've actually found is a lot of time these businesses like they're actually a lot more open to criticism than we think. Like they actually need it because they have like all these yes people in their face. Um, And especially like for these brands that kind of came up, not overnight, but like on a fast pace and on social media, they have like friends or so-called friends surrounding them, just telling them whatever they want to hear, just because they get to travel with them. They get to experience whatever this new lifestyle is for them. So they don't, they probably don't have a lot of people that's really just keeping it real with them. But if you do it discreetly, they'll respect it more and they won't take it as, you know, just like they won't get extra defensive about it. Because, you know, if you come at somebody on social media, they're going to get defensive about it. It doesn't matter if it's coming from a constructive place. When it's public, people just automatically, especially an artist, like especially designers, like they're still artists and they're still sensitive about their shit. So, Um, you know, when you try to meet them where they are and offer your real, um, your real advice, but just from like a more humble place, they actually are willing to take it more. Like I've had some, some brand owners respond back to me and be like, you know, I really apologize, you know, and your orders on your way to you. And if they if if they're not that type of brand that does that, then over time they'll get what they deserve cuz a lot of people won't be buying from them anymore. Um cuz people really value customer service. And just one last thing that I will say about shopping luxury um and just changing the perspective on luxury is to try not to treat these black-owned brands like it's such a chore to support them. Whether the brand is new or not, like even as huge as Rihanna's fan base is, I was so surprised and like shocked to see so many girls complaining about her price points when she dropped Fenty, like almost as if she didn't warn us that it was a luxury label that she was launching. Like if that's really your fave, like you say she is, and you really want to wear her clothes, save up for her just like you would save up for that Michael Kors bag. And when you opt in for like a luxury experience, whether it be through 
hiring a stylist or buying a pair of high-end boots or just just think of luxury as we do getting our nails done, our hair done, like all those things are luxury experiences. And I know some of y'all are like, oh no, my hair has to be done. Like that's a necessity. And I feel you on that. But like at the same time, if you don't have your nails done, you're not going to die. Meaning it's something that at that moment you either got the budget for or you don't. Simple as that. And if you don't have your nail lady's money, you're not showing up to her shop, not wasting her time, but you're also not going to belittle her for charging you for her product or for her service. So just keep that same energy. And when it just comes to supporting black people, um, like our people, if you are black listening to this, um, I would just say like, do your research. And I think, I think that phrase like scares a lot of people off because a lot of people tend to say like, wow, I didn't even know that so many black owned luxury brands existed. Like I didn't even know that was a thing. But it's like we live in a world where the answer to almost all your questions is only a click or a tap away. And sometimes you're going to have to go that extra mile, which is really not hard. Everyone has a phone. Um, and, but sometimes you're going to have to go out of your way a little bit to find and support certain causes and certain things because they won't always be plastered right in front of your face if they don't have that marketing budget. But yeah, like I said, it's so many of them out there. And I just really want to encourage you guys to just mix it up and give at least one or two of them a chance and just broaden your perspective on what makes a brand quote unquote legit or quality, just high quality. So yeah, I know I had a lot to say this week and I know I had a lot of different perspectives, but this topic is something that's very much multi-layered. So I didn't want to just talk from one way of looking at things, but I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope you got something out of it. I hope you guys check out some of the brands that I mentioned. And if you do, definitely just comment or send me, even send me like outfit pics um, of, you know, outfits that you guys put together based on my suggestions. So yeah, I will talk to you guys next week.